Welcome to Kinship. We're church sisters who share our discussions so that you're encouraged to deepen relationships in your local church. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'm here with Pam, Francis, and Alyssa, and we're back! Hey! And tonight we're going to talk about, or today, whatever you're listening, we're going to talk about hospitality. But first, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to hear a fun fact from Alyssa. Alyssa, what is your fun fact about you? Something we don't know, preferably. Oh, my fun fact is that I love to make ugly faces as much as possible, mm-hmm. whether it's in person or in pictures, um, with my friends and family, or to make people laugh. I love it. Make and when I say ugly, I mean really ugly, not funny, true. and sticking your tongue out, but as you know, many chins as possible. Uh, cross-eyed and contorting my face. My We're gonna have to post some we of are. these. We are. Oh, yeah, she's that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a genius of ugly faces. My People inspiration, call you the goat, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's your what? husband. Yeah, yeah. PJ calls her the goat. My inspiration is Lucille Ball, um, oh. and so that that's where I get it from. That's my Thank fun you. fact. Thank you, Alyssa, <laughs> for that fun fact. All right, so tonight we're gonna talk about hospitality. I've been reading the book um, when gospel the gospel comes with the house key by Rosaria Butterfield. Did I get it right? Yes, yeah. you did. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, And I've just been learning so much from her. She has so much wisdom. Um, So I'm really excited to talk about it tonight. Um, I thought I'd start with a Bible verse, um, Isaiah 58, 7. So that chapter is talking about how um, just basically God rebuking, I think it's Judah, Israel or Judah, for their religiosity. And he's... um, asking them, what do I basically require of you? It's not, it's not the fasting that you're doing. He says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him, and not to ignore your own flesh and blood? So that's the kind of religiosity that God cares about. And in the middle of that is to bring the poor and homeless into your house. So bringing strangers into your home. Um, and we'll talk about that tonight, both strangers and even friends and family. What does it look like to be a hospitable person? Um, so I thought I'd start out with a question for you guys. When was a time you were shown hospitality and it really was a blessing to you? Do you guys have a specific story or time? It doesn't have to be a big deal, but sometime when you guys were blessed by someone being hospitable and reaching out. I have one. Um, one of our newer church members wasn't a member at the time, but she still opened up her home to me. She, like, cooked me food, taught me how to cook, um, let my boys come over and kind of, like, rampage around her house. (laughs) And she was just so chill about it all. She was just like, yeah, like, you know, we have boys. It's okay. That's just life. And she she was so open and honest about it. She was like, yeah, sorry, my house is a mess. My house is small. But, like, um... Yeah, she was just sharing how she's grown in her hospitality um, with not trying to put up a front about what her life looks like on the daily. So I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Francis? Yeah, for the example I have would be PJ's parents. There was a, there was a time in my life where I actually was, like, homeless, um, and I had to go and ask different people if I could sleep over their house because I had to wake up early and go to work. So I would always like tell them like, can I just sleep? And then I'll wake up really early and then head to work. And one of the, there was a few other families that allowed me to do that because I was friends with their children. 
and I didn't know the Tobians, which was um, PJ's parents. And when um, Eric found out that I needed a place to stay, he called his parents who were in Europe and said, hey, my friend needs a place to stay. Can she stay at the house? And Eric at the time was uh, dorming at APU. And so his parents were, you know, of course asking who is this because they never met me. And then we're like, yeah, go ahead, let her stay there. And so the fact that they didn't know me, they knew I needed a place to stay, um, just showed such love even to a stranger. And then after that, becoming a member of the same church as them and seeing their home was always open. Like mm. they, they were the, the home that all the youth would go over and destroy their home <laughs> and have lots of fun. And we were so loud and they just didn't, they just allowed us to stay there and it was such a blessing to be able to be in their home and feel love Mm -hmm. that way um for me my parents actually raised me in a hospitable home Mm -hmm. anytime a friend or stranger would want to come over they would invite them in we had a drawer full of snacks and a refrigerator full of drinks and we get to know my parents and my family and hearing the questions they would ask of my friends uh, taught me how to welcome them in anytime. Um, sometimes my dad wasn't quite ready for them to come in, so he would just run upstairs, you know, get himself together and then come back down and, and you know, be more presentable. But it, it really helped me to see, okay, anyone can come over anytime. It doesn't matter. We will feed them and have them be comfortable. So that helped um, frame my lifestyle, I think, a little bit. What I like about all those stories is it's nothing, like, extravagant. It's just someone opening their door to you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like today in our age with Pinterest, like, we feel like hospitality has to be, like, a great meal Mm -hmm. and, like, a nice table decorate. And it really is just, like, opening up your door and letting someone in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it takes being intentional, but it it doesn't have to be this exquisite thing. Right. Um, So let's... Let's jump into what does it look like in the church, hospitality, and then we can talk about with non-believers. But first, in the church, what does it look like to be hospitable? Because I'm thinking about Acts, where it's talking about the church sharing their homes and breaking bread to get all these things. What does that look like in the church? Well, with the Tobians, Creepy J and Arthur Francis's house um, really examples it. So we just go over. We sometimes bring our own food. Sometimes we're fed. Um, and yeah, it's not like some extravagant party, like what you were saying. It's just living life together. Yeah. And we have good conversations. We have intentional conversations. They ask us like, what's our trials and treasures for the week? Um, and then after we help clean up because we don't want to abuse their house and make you guys all tired. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that is before because i grew up in a home that was not like hospitable my my mom just didn't know how to do it um and so i grew up going to other people's homes and having to learn that way but when i first got married i didn't know how to be hospitable it was more of pinterest wasn't even out then but i felt like it had to be very clean Um, when they left, I had to like work really hard to get it reset. And so I had this bad taste in my mouth of hospitality. And so PJ was kind enough to try to disciple me through that. And some of the things that he implemented was, um, you don't have to be like the hostess because that's how Mm -hmm. I felt, which for me was, um, 
it was exhausting to think of myself as the hostess all the time. And so one of the things that I had to readjust is like, no, when people come over, I don't have to be the hostess. This is their home. And so that's sort of how we run our home is like, this is your home too. So, which means like if you're eating, then you help clean up, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, you could even bring laundry and do laundry here, like things like that, that it's just, this is your home too. So feel free to relax and make a mess. We just ask that you help clean up just, you know, so I I had to readjust and I wasn't comfortable asking people to clean up, which was also a fault of mine because I always felt like, no, they can't do anything. Like I have to do everything, which at the end of the day, I was exhausted all the time. So just little things like that, which, um, Rosario, Rosario, Rosaria. Rosaria. Of course, I would get it wrong. (laughs) She talks about how when people come over her house and she's still doing a math lesson with her children and there's a, you know, a basket of laundry that needs to be folded on the dinner table, then fold my laundry, you Mm. know? So just having that idea of like, this is your home too and you could help out here too if you want, you know? And I really like that idea. Yeah, and it's helpful because I see you and Queen PJ like, teaming up together it's not just the woman the homemaker or whatever kind of like do everything together like creepy is your spokesperson so if people are walking through the house with shoes on creepy is like ah, shoes off at the door <laughs> or like if it's time to clean up the dishes all right guys let's clean up mm. who's gonna do the dishes who's gonna sweep the floor like that's very yeah. much him being your yeah. voice yeah and i think not having a perfect house is helpful for so many reasons Mm -hmm. like one people don't feel intimidated when they come over and then two if you come over you don't feel like a burden like if I go over and the house is perfect then I feel like I'm not contributing you're just serving me Mm -hmm. but I don't feel as much of a burden if I know I can come and help you know Mm -hmm. be a help and then also like I feel like it gives us an opportunity to learn from you and Mm -hmm. how you guys do your natural rhythm of whatever you're doing as opposed to you stop all life and just entertain instead you invite us in to your life to the mess and then we get to see what it looks like like as you discipline your kids as you do family worship as you clean up all those things whereas if it was just an event we wouldn't get to see any of that right so that's kind of how you invite the church in Mm -hmm. church people and it happens usually after church on sundays because the tobians live right next to the church building Mm -hmm. or city group or city group Well, not so much anymore. Oh, oh yeah, we do yeah, have the church building. The church building. Forgot. Yeah, it's true. What about reaching out to non-Christians and strangers? Because that's a little bit scarier. It's one thing mm-hmm. to say, like, hey, church family, come on over and mm-hmm. come into our lives. But what about neighbors, non-believers, even homeless individuals? No. What does that look like? Because, Alyssa, we've had conversations about this, even engaging your neighbors. I think that's the first step. Because before you invite them into your home even just reaching out, and you said something about greeting your neighbors. Yeah, I read in another book, which I can't quite remember what the title of the book is called, but they pretty much said anytime you're outside, it's always going to be an inconvenient moment to say hi to your neighbors and to have a conversation with them. So they challenged me to pretty much anytime you see someone to stop and say hi and ask how are they doing and to ask about their week because you never know what they're thinking or what they're going through and just that little moment could spark a friendship which leads into friends becoming family and you guys welcome each other into your homes and so starting with a little act of hi how are you doing whoever's passing by your house um would go a long way 
And so Jose and I challenge ourselves because we just moved into the area to meet all of our neighbors. And then already that has sparked friendships and people, neighbors have come into our home. But it's certainly a challenge because I just want to, culture these days tell you to run inside your house and be private. And, you know, it's the, it, you need to keep everything to yourself. And there's walls between houses, but the gospel tells you to invite others into your home. And so we're challenging and pushing ourselves to obey the gospel in that way. But it's certainly hard with, with strangers, and you never know because you don't know their background. You don't know um, what what their history is, and so you have to trust that you can get to know them over time and love them the way Jesus loves us. Mm-hmm. I think with us, we struggle with endurance because I feel when we first moved in, we were really gung-ho, like really trying to get to know our neighbors and we were having barbecues and having conversations and they we, they would even invite us over for like birthday parties and vice versa but i think one of the things that i'm realizing is we need endurance like even now um i i'm not reading her book fully and i should but the book um the gospel comes with the house key is the neighbors like the actual non-believing neighbors like how to get them in my home Mm -hmm. and so I've been really challenged by that because there's already a neighbor I'm thinking about that we have some kind of connection because he actually went to our church back in the day like in the 60s or 70s um and he's not a believer I actually think he might struggle with same-sex attraction so I'm excited to like try to build that relationship and maybe try to encourage or try to get him over to our house for dinner. So I feel like a failure with hospitality for sure, especially the way Rosaria has done it. It's like, I can't do that. (laughs) Um, But she does encourage us like you can do it. You know, it's this ordinary radical hospitality that God is calling us to. And I'll bring it back to the church and like with visitors who come on Sundays, you always want to make sure that they feel they belong and they don't feel like they have to rush out just because they have no one to talk to. You want to open up your home and get to know them so that they do feel welcomed and that we are a local body who will love them even if they're new to our church. And something I appreciate that um, I've learned being at this church is it's important to include other church members in your ministry to your neighbors. So I'm just remembering you, Francis, when you invited neighbors over and then invited us to come too, and then we became a part of that ministry. And maybe we could talk about this now, but what does it look like to be hospitable when you live in an apartment? Like sometimes Mm. it's really, I mean, you can't have people over, but it was so helpful for you to invite us so that we could join in your hospitality Mm -hmm. to your neighbors. Um, So yeah, let's talk about that now. What does it look like in an apartment? Because Francis, you guys lived in an apartment. Mm -hmm up until you just moved into this house um or living in a small home or for you now living in a building or a home right next to the church building there's all these different stages and what does it god still calls us to be hospitable Mm -hmm. so what does that look like in those different places i would say because people especially here in america right they're more individualistic. You don't want to go into their space. They also don't want to go into your space. So what has been helpful in the past has been going out together somewhere. And that sort mm-hmm. of makes it feel like neutral turf as opposed to 
wait, you're inviting yourself to my house or wait, I have to come to your house, you know? So I have found that to be encouraging. And then from there building, and I don't know if um, Rosaria talks about that, but that has been really helpful, especially in this area, like California, liberal, like just all of that, super individualistic. So I would say start there, you know, even if it's going to the park, we've done that where, hey, let's go to the park. Our kids are going to play, you know, volleyball or soccer or this. Why don't you come to the park? And then people are more like, oh, because it's a neutral spot, Mm -hmm. you know. And then from there, building a relationship where you can sense like, okay, I think they're ready for the invitation. Like, can you come over for dinner? You know, yes, yes. So I don't know. I don't know what you ladies think about that or. I think about the Bratchers. Uh, one of our church members, they literally like set up the tables outside their home, but it's in a neutral mm-hmm. area because it's not like on their turf, like on their driveway. It's in front of their house, but like on the street, so that everybody can come. They invite people to like bring your own food so that they all feel like they're contributing mm-hmm. to it and it's not like, oh, I'm just mooching off of one family. So I think that that's helpful because people want to feel like they're helping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, one of our members, they live in a studio, and they just actually hosted, like, a open house type of thing where they kind of just opened their doors for uh, some amount of hours, and they just invited everyone, and they were like, okay, if, if you want to come by, we'll have some snacks, and we'll share it with you. So you kind of just are available to the people, because in the apartment, you are all stacked mm-hmm. on top of each other, so it's cool to do it that way where people can come in a couple at a time, four at a time, but then also have the space to leave. So I was blessed by that. And I think in America, maybe we feel like we need a lot of space, but it's okay sometimes to be crowded Mm -hmm. too, I think. There have been times when we've had way too many people in this little small apartment, but it was really fun to have everyone here. And yeah, I felt kind of weird about (laughs) it and people were not super comfortable, but it's... I mean, we have so much space. Yeah. Like, not everyone has that, and it's okay sometimes to be a little bit crowded and just use the space you've been given. Yeah. We fit way more people in this little apartment than I ever thought we would. Even spending the night, family spending the night in our apartment. And so I think sometimes you just, you you have more than you think you have, and just make make the use of what you have. Make the most of... Can I say it again? Make the most of what you have. Keep it in. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say what keeps people there, even if it's an uncomfortable situation or it's a small space, whatever the case is, is the fellowship, Mm -hmm. is those good conversations, whether it's with non-believers or with believers. When you start really getting into each other's lives and and sharing where you're just like, you know, in Spanish, there's a term, um, that we say, la plática está, está muy buena. Like, the the conversation is just too good. You know, like where you forget about the time. Mm-hmm. or It's just like this conversation is great. And so that's what your aim, your aim is. Like, how do we have just edifying good conversation with this person, whether they're a believer or not? And Francis, we didn't touch on this yet, but what is it like living right next to the church building and how does that impact your hospitality, constant hospitality, it seems like. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, when we first moved there, there was uh, some members that were cautioning PJ and asking, should you, should you live there? Because now people are going to be over all the time. And, I mean, the comment was made in a way that they thought that was a negative thing. Um, but 
we we think it's a positive thing. We we love the fact that it is right next door. Um, and that's another reason why PJ really wants to buy a house literally on that block. I mean, he's definitely for that. I'm more like, eh. But he's like, yeah, walking distance. And I see the benefit. I mean, the fact that you get to know people, if they're new visitors, if they're new believers, or they're non-believers, and inviting them over and just saying, like, come on over. And they literally just walk there. I think that's great. Um, a lot of times it's either they go grab their lunch. I mean, even now, a lot of people grab lunch and they'll bring it over. And we have this these two tables that are, um, you know, lined up. And we sit, like, I don't know, how many people around the table? Have 15, you ever counted? 20, yeah, I count 15 or so. Yeah. So we get a lot of people there um, during, because we have morning service and evening service. So our home literally becomes like a little refuge camp <laughs> where people go there, go get lunch, come to the house. And then literally there's like people all over the place taking naps. I have like a, a little bed in our classroom. There's someone napping there on the couch. So it's it's so sweet to see people use this space like it's their home and they care and they feel comfortable enough to do that. And I, again, don't feel like the hostess. Like, are you comfortable? They just grab pillows and blankets and just lay there. Um, so yeah, so it is a huge blessing. I mean, there are times where it could be hard if I'm going through just a weird season where I'm just either not depressed, but like sad for whatever reason. Um, I know when I just had Reed, uh, there was a desire to have less people over just because I was trying to get acclimated to a new baby. Um, I don't even know if that ended up working. I think it just, one Sunday that was it, but I, that's because probably I wanted the fellowship. But yeah, there's like, there's seasons where it's just, it's harder. It's harder. Um, whether PJ and I are going maybe through a rough patch in our marriage, then having people over the time is is difficult you know so um maybe you'll touch on this later but yeah the seasons also affect whether I'm super excited to have people over but on the whole yes it is a blessing to be right near the church and having people over a lot as much as we can I think that's encouraging for pastors wives in general because I mean one of the qualifications to be an elder is hospitality Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so you're commanded Mm -hmm. to have people in your home and so yeah I think that's just encouraging the blessings of it um for when it it can be discouraging so let's 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 touch on that what you're talking about stage of life so as a new mom as a single person as a young married couple even as an elderly person what does hospitality look like across the stages of life because it's going to look different uh, well, it's hard because I'm not very good at hospitality, so I don't, I mean, I'm still learning. So, like, I had a couple over, a new married couple over recently, um, and I felt so nervous. It was, like, so dumb because I, like, I know these people, and, like, they're so chill or whatever, but I was just, like, nervous. Like, what am I going to talk about? Mm-hmm. What are my talking points? Like, what kind of questions? And I was, like, prepping Aaron, like, okay, Aaron, like, we got to ask good questions, okay? Like, we're not going to be dumb and just, like, sit around and just stare at each other. Like, we have to have intentional conversations with people. Like, we're going to get to know them. Um, and then I was, like, they came over, and I was, like, scrambling for plates, and I was, like, I'm sorry, I don't have people over, so, like, I'm, like, okay, let me see if I have some plates for you, or, like, yeah, so it's just, like, it was crazy, and then the kids, like, 
they they came a little later because the husband comes home later from work. So I was like, sorry, my kids already ate, but like they can sit and eat again with <laughs> us. It was just so such an awkward time. So <laughs> in twenty twenty, my goal is to have at least like one person over a month That's so a that goal. I can that is grow. A good goal. So we have someone scheduled for this month too. It's just like, uh, it's, yeah, for you, so BBC. As a, as a young working mom, it's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, what can I feed them so that they're full? But like, we only have this much amount of money to spend on groceries. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want them to feel like fed <laughs> <laughs> without breaking the bank. You yeah. know. So yeah. I will say this because you mentioned it you're not great at hospitality or whatever but we have used you and even bethany and chris to help us in our hospitality journey so although you're not the one that's hosting you are supporting us with just being there and even having like good conversations and um being somewhat like our backbone because i feel like when we have non-believers come to our home or new believers or people that are checking out the church the the support that you guys give is huge because i don't feel alone like i'm trying again like i'm trying to host but in fact they're coming into my home and they're getting to meet other christians and then they're seeing our interaction our love um towards each other and towards them together is is huge so hmm. You do hospitality well. Praise God. Yeah. Alyssa, did you want to take another one of the stages? Yeah, I like the elderly one. Um, I think elderly couples or elder people could invite people over and just pour a lot of wisdom into them and tell stories and their testimony of God's faithfulness in their lives. And so I've been able to go to other elder couples homes or widows and um hear of god's faithfulness and how god's helped them persevere in life through trials and and joys so that's a a huge way elder people can be um hospitable just sitting and talking yeah Mm. sitting and listening and soaking all the all of god's grace in their lives yeah what about singles how can singles be hospitable I think in one sense, the same way that we use Mm -hmm. you guys um, for those that do have homes or apartments or whatever, because a a single might be with their parents or who knows Mm -hmm. their situation, but bringing them in and saying, hey, we're going to have neighbors over who are Mm non-believers. Why don't you come on over and help us engage them and love them? That's a great way to get singles involved. And then if singles do have homes, then, Mm -hmm. you know, like I know some of our singles live by themselves. So how are how can they use their space to love their neighbors? I know in the the book, The Gospel Comes of the House Key, she was talking about singles even becoming foster parents. And that's if you have, you know, the I space. I love that. Um, because she was saying some foster kids with a history of abuse can only have one specific gender wow. in the home. So there's a specific need for singles to be foster parents. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, that's one way that a single person could be hospitable. I mean, a couple could be too in that way as well, but there are specific needs for singles to Mm -hmm. be hospitable. And I've learned from the pastors is like being hospitable with now your baby. I mean, you're a foster baby, yeah, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, on top of being hospitable with 
our foster child, we also have to be hospitable with social workers um, who come by pretty much every single week and be ready for anything. So they've seen my house in a mess and they've seen um, chaos and yet we are opening up our home to these people who are loving our foster child right now. But foster fostering and foster care is a huge way to display hospitality and the gospel to kids who need a home. Yeah, so that's absolutely. what I've learned, yeah. All right, let's finish up our conversation just talking about some of the barriers to hospitality, some of the reasons we're mm. not hospitable, mm. and then kind of counteract that with why it's so good despite these barriers, because there are barriers. Mm-hmm, yeah. I was reading First Peter um, 9, and it says, be hospitable to one another without complaining, which kind of implies there's going to be reasons to complain. It is a burden sometimes. So the first one I thought of is you don't have time. You have mm. a busy schedule. When am I going to find time to have people over? What would you guys say to that? Um, I think the way we've been discipled is you always have to eat clean and do some life at home. So even if it's just the normal busyness of life, invite people over to do those things with you and to partner with you and just to see how you communicate with your spouse or your children and how you do chores in the home and um, invite them in in that way. So I would just counteract with that way. Yeah, I feel with time, um, us women who are cooking, that's pressure on us, right? Mm-hmm. To have to prepare a meal, a meal and try to figure out how to feed everyone. Um, I mean, I don't know how Rosaria does it in her home, but some of the things that we've implemented in our home is just bring your meal over. Like if I don't have time to cook for everyone or I already prepped everything and it's like a last minute, which we do often last minute, like get together, then I don't want to be able to say like, well, I don't have enough food, so don't invite anyone. It's like, well, actually the little food I have, I can share it and then you could bring your food over and we could share that. So it's like, what is it? The B-Y-O-D? Bring your own dinner, right? So at first I hated that idea because, again, as a hostess in my head, it's like, no, you provide the food. You Mm -hmm. always provide the food. But I feel like I've been discipled in that way to think, no, like sharing a meal together is the supernatural part. It's not necessarily like the home-cooked meal or the fact that one person cooked it. It's like, no, you're sharing, you're at the table together. And so I had to get used to that idea, which I didn't like at first. Um, I fought PJ a lot on that idea. And then now it's just like, oh, yeah, like i rather have people over than not over. So if it means them bringing their own food from home just to sit next to us while we fellowship, why not, you know? Does that bother you, by the way, like that bring your own dinner? Because it always bothered me. Okay. Like if we were to ask people to bring their own dinner? Yeah, like if, if you want oh, people yeah. over. Because you're people-pleasing? Yeah. Like you I, think it is a, I think it is a people-pleasing hostess mm, mentality. Uh-huh. So that, does that yeah, bother that's you? that's just how I was raised. Me too. If people well, are coming into your home, feed them. Yes. So, yeah. but would you do it now? Or you still have a trouble with it? I'm still trying it? to get people to my house. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is Someone. the like? What is the truth that you're using to combat that mm-hmm. desire to feel like you're? Oh, oh, what, what just happened? Sorry, Francis I hit, just I hit, hit Alyssa. Yeah. yeah, So Alyssa must have something amazing yeah. to yeah. say. What did I say? Go ahead. How do you come combat that? 
Which part? Sorry, I. What am I combating? Wow, I this it. is profound. <laughs> people pleasing or like yeah, wanting so people to come bring their f- feeling. You have to have it all together in your home. How do you combat that fear oh, of man? Real close, sorry, real close. that's the gospel. So, Amen. God, here we go. Here we go. God doesn't need us to be perfect or to be a certain amount of good or ready um, for Him. He comes and invades our hearts and pursues us. Um, he sends His Son for us. So. He came for us whether or not we were ready and um, opened our eyes to the gospel. So I think in the same way, like, we don't have to be a certain amount of ready or perfect in our home um, or prepare this amazing, beautiful meal and have everything clean. We could just open our house as it is and have people see God's grace and transforming transformation in our lives already. Yeah. That's a huge struggle for me. I always want to be impressive. When people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when you guys come over right now, I want to make mm-hmm. sure it's clean. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's all about me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how it's going to reflect on me versus being a blessing to you guys. Mm-hmm. And even recently I had a friend over and she was talking about how she's discouraged about how her apartment doesn't look nice after seeing mine. And I had to apologize to her like I really wanted it to look nice for when you came over to mm-hmm. make me look good. Mm-hmm. And that's selfish of me. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I just need to remind myself, like, when you invite people into your mess, um, it's actually helpful for them. Like, that's what's good for them. I mean, not you want to have a clean bathroom. Like, yeah. You want to be a blessing <laughs> to them. But, like, when you invite them in, it's, like, humbling for yourself, and it shows them that you don't have it all together, mm-hmm. and then you're not putting up this front. Yeah. And you're inviting people into the mess rather than faking it Mm -hmm. yeah and I'll just add on to that like not just your mess of physical items it's your mess of like the way you communicate with your kids Mm -hmm. or your spouse like your people I've invited people in when I'm fighting with Mm -hmm. my husband when I'm like stressed out with um, my kid and everything's just a mess and I in my head I would like to have this perfect um, submissive tone Mm -hmm. all the time and disciple my kid well in front of everyone to see what what a great godly like yeah. woman I am, but often I fall short, and I and I'm thankful that they can see the gospel and, and God's grace in my life when they're in my home. So yeah, mm. because it can model to them that they don't have to have it together, but there's a perfect Savior who loves them regardless. So I feel like that's the mess that I'm wanting people in constantly because the the clean house part that. I like to do and I function because I homeschool. So I have to have my home in order for me to function. And so when people come over, sometimes they'll see like, oh, it's actually a little bit more organized. It's clean. But it's not because I'm trying to impress you. It's just like, that's my personality. It's your sanity. Mm-hmm. It's my sanity. Yeah. Like I cannot function if this home is like in disarray. Mm. But the way I invite people into my mess is exactly what Alyssa's saying. It's that hard conversation I'm having with my son on the side and then Pam's over there eavesdropping because she sees or with PJ like (laughs) PJ and I disagreeing and Pam and Bethany are there you know listening this is a true story this is a true story so I feel like those are the times that I'm yes like people are seeing the mess and the sin come out and then even asking them to speak into that Mm -hmm. like you guys see it because I love Alyssa and Jose have done that since the very beginning Mm -hmm. since they started dating (laughs) it's like help us out we're fighting you know and then we gotta get in there and Mm -hmm. and help them out but that's just been such a sweet blessing of seeing others come in our home Mm -hmm. and even help us out because usually think well I'm helping you out by letting you in my home but actually no you guys have helped me out so much 
Okay, let's hit a couple more barriers before we d we're done. Um, Pam, I know you talked about this, finances. So mm. it is, I mean, Francis, you were talking about there are ways to um, maybe make it cheaper, but it is going to cost you. So what are some ways to maybe make it less expensive, but what are some other things that you can, like truths that you can preach to yourself? Budget. When it, okay, go Pam. <laughs> uh have a line item on your budget that is designated for meetup meals. I think that it's a good contribution to um, use your money that God has given you to invite people over in that way, whether it's bringing them into your house or blessing people with a meal outside in a, what do you call that? Neutral. Neutral, neutral zone. Um, also, truths are, but your money is not yours. It's given mm -hmm. to you by God, so... Um, use it wisely the way that we would want to use our like BBC's finances in a God glorifying way I think that that should be true of our household incomes as well where every single penny should be towards the gospel I mean it's not it's, it's hard though you know you want to spend mm -hmm. it on yourself you want to keep everything to yourself but it's helpful if you have a line item I'm sorry line item yeah that's if you okay oh, is that a right. real word I like it. Okay. That's what you always say, so I think it's really good. Yeah. Right. I don't know. If You've you trained have, us. Yeah. <laughs> you have a, line. Like, huh? a budget. A budget line. Yeah. If you have a budgeted money for meals, mm -hmm. that's helpful. Mm. And just think you're furthering the kingdom when you invite people over. You're discipling them. And so it's not just a, just food and having them over. You're discipling these people around you. And so that's cool. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we already talked touched on fear of man. Um, let's just finish with the fear of having strangers in your home, Ooh. either for your personal safety or how that's going to influence your kids. So we have a, a homeless neighbor that has been around for, I don't know, would you say a year? a year? About a year. And he's become our friend. Um, we refer to him as friend. We've invited him over um, to the house. He's eight with us and he's even brought like gifts to our kids. But, you know, there's also a part of me that's also neat. I just need to be cautious. But at the same time, I'm not trying to be um, God and in control. But there are times that, yeah, like I do need to be aware of the situation. But I mean, I'm thankful that he's been wanting to be around us, talks to me, talks to the kids. Um, but yeah, I could understand why people would have that fear. Cause even when people meet him or see him, I always have to be like, no, he's our neighbor, you know, cause he is like, he lives around the area. We've had different conversations with him in order to help him get out of his situation. And it's an ongoing conversation. So it's something that we're currently in with him. So we're not like just oh, you're our homeless neighbor, bye. Like, mm -hmm. we are having conversations of, of ways to encourage him and support him in different ways. Mm -hmm. So I've been really encouraged by our church family, like who, when he comes on Sunday nights and he sits down, and at the end everyone, like, you know, uh, gets into groups and starts sharing, sharing life, there's always, like, members going up to him and talking to him. Just even recently, this past Sunday, they had a meeting with him because he was asking something of the church and so um the pastors and some other men of the church went and had a meeting and he sort of gave his case of why he needed a particular uh help and so 
PJ and the pastors didn't want to do it by themselves. They wanted to hear others. And so you see the, the men of the church loving him in that way and building relationships with that, with him that way. So, I mean, it's there, but we just, we love, we love. And if God has us be cautious, then we're cautious, but not where we're trying to be God and be paranoid. I don't know if that makes sense. It's a line. It's a fine line. And I grew up in a home where my parents were very hospitable, and I'm just so thankful for that. I never felt as a kid like they were stealing something from me, or Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a blessing, and even more so now because it was such a normal part of life that now that's what I want for my home. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a gift to me for my parents to be hospitable rather than a burden. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Can you tell when hospitality... Or lack of hospitality is a sin or not? Like if there's people pleasing involved or people wanting to protect their privacy? Like would you ever challenge someone with, with their lack of hospitality? Yeah. I think um, it's not something I automatically think of, but like when emergency situations come up, like a family needs a place to stay, mm. I think it brings up that discussion. And it's a time to talk about it. But I don't know if I've ever... You don't really see it unless mm-hmm. you're in their home either. You know, so yeah. that makes it kind of hard to confront. But... Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys I, have anything? I think a lot of... Que- like, I would just ask more questions. Because if they're being hospitable towards their non-believing family... Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always something to the story. I'm not saying, like, they wouldn't be in sin, but... I would be slow to jump there and ask more questions and even like gentle encouragements. I mean, you know, if you do know some of their story, then, you know, maybe even having them over your house when you're showing hospitality and having them be there as a support by just to see the the goodness of it. Yeah. So I would do something like that. Well, I just, I think Alyssa, you were talking about how it really is, the gospel Mm -hmm. and that's just such a good reminder of it's not just inviting someone over this is more than just what the world does when they get together and have a party Mm -hmm. um it is a sacrifice and we are putting ourselves out there and we are commanded to be hospitable even to the stranger and it's going to be uncomfortable but um i like what you're saying about how god invaded our our lives and he came to live with us in a very uncomfortable place and so now we're commanded to do the same to others and um, let's all be more hospitable yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright so we're back guys so if you could you know like us on whatever we have <laughs> do, we, do we even wait we do. do we say Facebook do we have Facebook we no. do oh, we, we do? have a Facebook page you always say that every time well I don't have Facebook we have a Facebook page we Instagram. have Instagram we have Twitter Twitter do you tweet but we still have it. Leave us a review. Oh, yes. we're going to start sharing some reviews, right? Mm-hmm. At the end. So you, you might get a little shout out. I said that so weird. I know. Shout out. Like, yeah. shout out. <laughs>